Hey everybody. This is House of Hope podcast series, presented by Gotham and House of Hope. Today's topic is the function of wilderness experiences in supernatural lifting. Our speaker today is Sister Lois Adu. Jesus' name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you, Father God, for this day that you have made. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak to your people. Father God, I pray that as I speak, it will not be as a professional, because you know, um, I'm not that, but let me speak as a vessel, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, Father God, that it be all of you and none of me in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for the spirit of boldness in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that people who have come expectant, I pray, Father God, that they will leave with something in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. So um, today, well, this month is our month of supernatural lifting, right? Um, today, I will be speaking on the function of the wilderness experiences in supernatural lifting. So this is going to be a message of preparation and encouragement. Um, So some aspects of supernatural lifting, there's the aspect where God takes you to the next level in an extraordinary way. For example, where favor speaks for you and you bypass procedures and processes. There's also the restoration aspect of supernatural lifting, where God restores what you lost plus more and also redeems time for you. However, in supernatural upliftment, I believe that there's a process that many of us will go through or are presently going through that I would like to discuss, and that is wilderness experiences. So we all go through some type of wilderness experience at one point or another. Um, these uh, These are periods that present challenges, opportunities for growth, and demonstrate the need for resilience and faith during times of uncertainty and transition. So some relatable um, examples are transition periods like moving or looking for a job, which sometimes calls for personal growth and self-discovery. Another example is losing a loved one or even going through breakups, which involves navigating unfamiliar emotions. Um, Educational pursuits and career changes, which involve dealing with uncertainties, learning curves, and periods of adjustments and health challenges, which call for navigating physical limitations, adjusting to new routines, and finding strength and resilience. These are only some of them, but um, wilderness experiences may look like challenges and afflictions, but that isn't all that there is to it. So today I'll be focusing mostly on the wilderness experiences of Moses and the Israelites. So first, I'm going to speak about the wilderness as an intentional gap and safe haven. Can we repeat that after me? The wilderness as an intentional gap and safe haven. One more time. The wilderness as an intentional gap and safe haven. And so a lot of um, what I'll be speaking today is the word of God. We're going to be reading the word of God together. That's okay. Um, So... My first point is that God wants to lift us higher, but sometimes there are things that have to shift before we get there. In Exodus um, 4, verse 19, the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go return to Egypt for all the men who sought your life are dead. So the let my people go Pharaoh was different than the one that Moses ran away from after he killed the Egyptian. The ones who wanted to retaliate against Moses and kill him had to go first before Moses could return to Egypt. 
Otherwise, it would have it wouldn't have been safe for Moses to leave the wilderness in Midian. How would he how would he have been able to approach the throne as a leader on behalf of the Israelites to say that the Pharaoh should release them? He wouldn't have been able to because he would have been killed on sight. So um, my second point is our lifting is loading. God has heard and remembered us and he's raising up our helpers. Amen. 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 So in Exodus chapter two, verse 23 to 25, it says, um, um, God heard Israel's groaning. He remembered them and then he acknowledged them. So verse 23, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of the Lord, children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. So fasting, fast forward to Exodus um, chapter three, verse seven to eight. It says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I, have, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. So I believe that a significant amount of time passed before um, God spoke to Moses about the Israelite situation. Moses went through his own wilderness season before he was able to lead the Israelites to and through theirs. So Moses's time in Midian played a significant role in preparing him for his leadership role of the Israelites. So I have four points here. So through it, for number one, he learned humility and patience. Moses had been raised as a prince, but in Midian, he became a shepherd and he led a simpler life. Um, point number two is that he learned how to manage and clear, care for a flock. He was a shepherd, and then in the future, he would have to be a shepherd for God's people. Um, point three is that he became familiar with the wilderness. And point number four is that he had a life-transforming encounter with God. So point one was he learned humility and, and patience. Point two is that he learned how to manage and care for a flock. Three, he became familiar with the wilderness. And four, he had a life transforming encounter with God. So we have to understand that through our lifting, God sets the stage for advancement of his kingdom. Because of this, it may take time. Exodus chapter nine, verse 16 says, but indeed for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. God told Pharaoh through Moses that of course he could have killed him so that his people could go free, but he decided to use this as a way to show his power to all. This is why we can't dictate how or at what time God will operate or intervene for us in a situation because at the end of the day, it's for his glory and his glory alone. When God intervened and brought the plagues on Egypt, the place that was once booming in a time of famine to help God's people became a place filled with chaos and unrest to free God's people. This is what God can do when he wants to lift you supernaturally. So next, I want to speak on um, the wilderness as a character builder and a capacity developer. 
So first I talked about um, the wilderness as a what? Intentional gap and safe haven, right? So now we're speaking on the wilderness as a character builder and capacity developer. So um, Mark chapter one, verse seven to 13, takes us through Jesus's wilderness season. Um, I'll read from verse 11, actually. Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately, the spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered to him. So there we see that Jesus was called and approved by God for all to see. And immediately the spirit called him into the wilderness. In the stillness of the wilderness, God reveals to us what he has deposited inside of us for the next level to get us through. Outside of the wilderness, there's too many options, distractions, and other ways through. The wilderness is dark and food is scarce. You cannot but help to focus and rely on God. And um, I have this point here that sometimes we pray to be taken out of the wilderness, not understanding that it serves a purpose. Wilderness experiences are not caused by the devil. They're just taken advantage of by the devil. And, and yes, ma. So I'll take that again. Sometimes we pray to be taken out of the wilderness, not understanding that it serves a purpose. Wilderness experiences are not caused by the devil. They are just taken advantage of by the devil. In the wilderness, Jesus was tempted by the devil, but in that same wilderness, the angels ministered to him. So um, the next I want to speak on the wilderness. Well, the next two points, um, I titled them self-created wilderness seasons. So the first one is the wilderness as a corrector. So as like a redirect, as a way to put us back on the right track when we fall off. Um, so Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, I know we all know it. Can we read it together? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. So um, he says plans to prosper you. Um, I started my academic journey in UMBC. And um, if I had done everything that I needed to do, um, I would have prospered there and graduated. However, the plan had to change when I wasn't doing my part. So I left and I went through my own um, wilderness season before I eventually transferred to Howard and prospered, right? But does that mean that I wasn't meant to, like, does that mean that God's plan all along was for me to go to Howard because I went there and prospered? No, it just means that um, he he turned like he turned the situation around for my good. It's very possible that I would have prospered at UMBC as well, because that was his plan for me as well. But that doesn't mean just because something doesn't work out doesn't mean that something else won't work. If that makes sense, yes. <laughs> so yes, God's um, plans are to prosper us. God in his mercy and grace, he cleans up our messes. When we let go of the steering wheel and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing any longer, but I want to prosper in the way you want for me. Take control. He then turns situations around for our good. 
However, the issue with making wrong turns is that it may take extra time for you to get back on the right route. So I personally, I ended up spending seven years in undergrad. And if I had, you know, of course it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but I'm just saying that it just took time for me to, co to correct the, you know, the wrongs that I, it's life. But um, it's just basically to say that try to get it right the first time because it takes time for you to, um, rec for you to come back into the right route. Um, so the season that you may be in may be as a result of you taking the wrong steps. God is a God of mercy, but it takes time for us to get back on the right track. There also may be some things you've picked up on the long, along the way that are barriers to your lifting, but the wilderness serves as a refiner, as a place to correct things that, you, that cannot follow you into your supernatural lifting. Um, so the second um, self-created wilderness season that I have here is the wilderness as a consequence. And so now we're going to go into the um, story of the Israelites when they left Egypt. So what I have here is that what you do in the wilderness matters. The Israelites journey in the wilderness was not supposed to be that long. Um, so Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 to 18 details this. So I'll read. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. So the original intent of the wilderness here was to take them from a less take them through a less discouraging path. Passing through the quicker way, fear would make them run back to their past. They weren't ready for war. However, while in the wilderness, the Israelites um, complained against God. So watch what you do in the wilderness. Um, so I'm going to be reading from Numbers chapter 14. Um, I actually want us to read them all together. So we're going to read verse 1 through 3. Are we ready? Okay. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Then let's go to verse 11. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them, I will strike them with the pestilence. Verse 12, sorry. I will strike them with the pestilence and disherit them. And I will make of you a, a nation greater and mightier than they. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. Verse 23, they, shall, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Verse 25, 
Now the Amal Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to, verse 26, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints with the children of Israel make against me. Verse 28, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Verse 29, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered, according to your number, from 20 years old and above. Verse 33, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years and bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. 34, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely four years, and you shall know my rejection. Verse 35, I the Lord have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. <sighs> Same God that, you know, he brought them out of Egypt, and this is, this is what their end was, which is really sad, but... So in some ways, some ways that he wiped some of them out, he opened up the ground and it swallowed them up. He brought pl a plague again upon them. The Bible says in Numbers 16 that those who died in the plague were 14,700. They complained again, and God sent fiery serpents among the people, and many of them died. They committed harlotry in the wilderness with the women of Moab and were plagued, and 24,000 more of them died. At the end of those 40 years, God fulfilled his word over them about them not seeing the promised land. Um, because of time, I can't read it, but um, Numbers 33, it details the journey of the Israelites. It shows all the places that um, they passed through through the wilderness. It runs from verses 1 to 49, which shows that they roamed for a very, very long time. So to recap, what was the first um, type of wilderness season? The wilderness as a intentional... Yes, intentional gap and safe haven. Number two, the wilderness as a character builder and capacity developer. And then the self-created wilderness seasons, the wilderness as a, cre a corrector and the wilderness as a consequence. So I have here some tips for wilderness seasons. Number one is to ask God what is about what's going on. In Genesis um, 25, 21 to 23, it says, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Verse 23, And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So um, so he'll tell you, you know, when you ask him. But after you ask, let God do what he wants to do. 
Him speaking isn't a license to take matters into your own hands if he didn't tell you to do so. In Romans um, verse chapter 9, verse 11, in the Amplified, it says, And though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything either good or bad, so that God's purpose, his choice, his election would stand, not because of works done by either child, but because of the plan of him who calls them. And this tells me that God already had his plan set to live Jacob, and it was never Rebecca's place to step in. It just made the process longer. So um, the second point is allow God to diagnose you. So the first point is ask God about what's going on. Second point is allow God to diagnose you. So allow God to diagnose you in, the, in your wilderness seasons. In Mark chapter two, Jesus forgave the paralyzed man first before he healed them. When I, read, when I read this, I wondered why. But it shows that Jesus knew something we didn't know about the man. Our visible need may not be our most pressing need. This is why um, this speaks to God doing the inner work before doing the outer work. In this case, it was healing, not lifting per se. But sometimes there's more to the story about why you haven't been lifted. Um, allow God to diagnose you in these wilderness seasons. It's a hard question because you never know where it may lead. But ask God, what needs to change in me? What habits do I need to let go of? What do I need that I can't see? Um, my third point is obey him. When Lot left Sodom and Gomorrah, God told him to go to the mountains. Lot said, please let me go to Zor out of fear of what would be in the mountains. He went to Zor, became afraid, and still ended up in the same mountains that God told him to go to. So just because God allowed, just because God lets us follow our desires, it doesn't mean his desire wasn't the superior option. So just follow his plan. It, it saves time. And my fourth um, point is understand that he goes before you and is with you. The fear of Lot wasn't warranted because the God that told him to go would keep him when he got there. But Lot didn't understand who he was dealing with. Um, Exodus chapter 16, verse 10 says, Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked towards the wilderness, and behold, the glory of God, the glory of the Lord, appeared in the cloud. The glory of the Lord was in the wilderness, leading them through. Exodus 13 also tells us that the Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud to lead them, and at night became a pillar to give them light. Um, my last point is keep looking ahead, hold on to his promises. In the wilderness seasons, it's easy to distort the past. Um, Numbers chapter 16, verse 12 to 13 says, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, We will not come up. Is it a small thing that you have brought us out, up out of a land flow, flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? that you should keep acting like a prince over us. But since when was Egypt a land flowing with milk and honey, right? So he distorted the past. The place that he was suffering, he was now saying that it was a land, you know, flowing with milk and honey. And so lastly, I want to talk about what happens when you are spiritually lifted. Some like warnings. Um, number one is to guard yourself against pride. Can we say that? Guard yourself against pride. 
wilderness can also be a humbling experience. You can be lifted and sent back into the wilderness like King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 4, verse 29 to 34a and 36 to 37. I'll read. Um, at the, end of at the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, is, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the, world was, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass seven times shall pass over you, until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was filled was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Verse 34. And at the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. At the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned for, to me. My counselors and my nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. My second point is to mind the company you keep. Um, Exodus 34, 12, it says, Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. Um, so in conclusion, um, Genesis chapter 45, verse 5 to 7 says, But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For those two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So God, work, God causes everything to work together for our good, even the evil intentions of man. Joseph was able to see the light of God in his situation. He actually could have said that God raised me to his brothers. He could have said, God raised me in spite of what you did to me. But he said, God raised me through what you did to me to save you. I think that speaks volumes. God raised him through that wilderness season. And I want to encourage everyone to see the light in your situation. We pray to be lifted. And that means we have to go through some type of process. And it won't always be pretty or smooth. Many of us are passing through trials right now because we prayed for lifting. He's working, just believe. So now at this time, I want us to rise up. We're gonna have like a time of prayer. And so I want this time to be um, an open, an open prayer session. I won't really give you a point, 
but I want you to pray about whatever God lays on your heart to pray about concerning this message. Whatever point resonated with you, whatever you want to pray about, just go ahead and start praying. If you're in the Washington, D.C. region, visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.